Today I'm going to ask the question and we're going to explore why should you be a church member? Or more generally, why should any Christian choose to be a member of a church instead of just attending a church? And I'm kind of making the distinction with this series because you could really, you could do a whole lesson and talk about why attending church and being in a part of a church in terms of attendance is important. But I'm going even more specific and it's not just about I don't want to just talk about why attending a church is important, but specifically why signing your name and saying, I'm going to be a member of this church, add me to the role of your list of membership. Why is that such a big deal? And is it even biblical for us to to ask people to do that? And so to start off, I want to ask you guys a question. What arguments have you heard people say as to or why you might think they might say if they didn't verbally say it to you as to why they don't want to be a member of a church. Hypocrites. That there's hypocrites in the church. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that one a lot. Scandals. What say that again? Scandals. Oh, like the, the church, that bad stuff happens in the church, like like all the pastors are pedophiles and that right. kind of stuff, yeah. Scared of commitment to something, yeah. <laughs> I do, I, I said, yeah, yeah. Being a member won't get you to heaven. No, it won't. That's well, not for I don't have to be a member just to get to heaven. That is an excuse they use. And they're right. It doesn't get you into heaven. That's, yeah. But it, it's the excuse they use. They're simply non-believers. Yeah, they're not a believer. Yeah. Of course, they're, we'll talk about this in another week. But if they're not a believer, they can't be a church member anyways. But... You know, like my cousins, if they grew up in church and they're still not Christians, you know, they're obviously not going to or can't and don't want to be members of a church because they're not Christians. Or any other, or maybe either you heard it or you just assume that's why people don't want to. How, you know, maybe somebody that attends a church but doesn't actually want to join as a membership. Why do you think that is? Well, we'll talk about it a little bit more. I think all of y'all are all right. I think Don hit a big one. Your Don's was like maybe the overarching fear with all the other ones kind of fall under. You know, everything that y'all listed all involves some sort of commitment to something, and it's a fear, whether it's financial commitment or commitment to identify self with an organization you feel like is corrupt. You know, it's all about, you know, it's fear of, of putting yourself into something because then it's harder to take yourself out of it if you want to. It's as I think James said, it's like a marriage. You know, people that don't get married a lot of times it's fear of commitment because if you get married, it's a lot harder to get unmarried than it's just to break up with a girlfriend. The same kind of philosophy, I think, goes with the church. <laughs> well, 
course, the church is, is extremely important, and church membership is extremely important. And so, first, let me remind you about what we talked about last week, then we'll go into these things. What is church membership? I said last week the definition of church membership that I, I came up with was that it's a spiritual, official, and mutual commitment between an individual born-again Christian and a specific local church. So it's a spiritual commitment that the individual Christian recognizes that God brought them to that church for a purpose, and that is to bring God more glory. And it's a commitment from the church, spiritual commitment from the church, to recognize that individual as God brought them to them to help do all kinds of stuff, which we'll talk about later. It's a uh, official commitment because they're officially recognizing each other as Christians, as a church, as a member, and you're signing. It's a got a, a note of officiality about it. And third, it involves a mutual submission where the the individual member is promising to do something for the church when they become a member, and the church is promising to them that they're going to do something for them when they become a member. So both groups are submitting and promising that they're going to do something for each other. So that leads to the question. Uh, why should you be a church member then? <laughs> and let me ask you guys that. Why do you think somebody, and I'm talking about not just attending church, but why should somebody choose to say, instead of going to church every Sunday, I'm actually going to sign, walk the aisle and sign my name on that piece of paper that Teresa gives them and say, I want to be a member of this church. Why should somebody do that? Oh, same answer there. Yeah. Why is it important to show a commitment? Why is that a big deal? Why should we care? You know, either of y'all could take that since you said the same answer. I think it's to show other people that you're committing to well. Yeah. Yeah. Say what? Yeah, so commitment's important because you're promising you're going to stick around. You know, that, that promise isn't there if you're not committing. That's one reason commitment's important for sure. Well, if you keep coming and coming, after a while, people don't wonder why you didn't try to come. Just peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> are you ever going to join our church or are you just going to sit there? <laughs> so we want people to, there's a sense of, camaraderie with the people that join compared to people even if they just attend for a long time. That camaraderie is not there. Sure. You're committing not only to the church but to the whole Christian idea. I mean, it's not just the church. It's the church is everyone. Yeah. All yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you're, you're signing on with the church. You're saying, this is what the church believes is what I believe. And I'm with this group of people. You know, I'm siding on their team, whatever. Not, maybe not just, and not just that local church, but like you said, of all the churches everywhere. Yeah. You can't ever tell... Who's out there that's watching what you do? You know, so, you know, if you commit, you know, and go 
church world, that may bring them into it too. Absolutely. You know? So you never know. Mm-hmm. You know, they may say, well, you know, if he's doing it, you know, something must be good about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot easier to convince people to attend church if you are a member of a church compared to when you're not a member of a church. Because people are watching to see what you do and not just what you tell them. We're the only Jesus that some people have ever seen. Mm hmm. Yeah. The thing that would give some Bible you could tell us when two or more are gathered, we need that strength yeah. as a church body. Yeah. And if you're not a member, then you're really not accepting this church body. Yeah. It's true. You know, it's a little bit like Jim said. You're you're accepting the church, and you're becoming a, you're you're joining with us as a member officially. And there's something to that that you don't get when you're just attending a church. Oh yeah. Church members watch out for each other and not just, you know, but morally. We watch out for each other morally and try to help each other in our behavior and our obedience to Christ. And you don't have that when you're not a member of a church. Yeah. You feel like people, even if they just attend church, until they become members, you don't really feel like they're part of the family. And they don't get that same sort of back and forth as the members do. I got broke down a loving <laughs> I wrote down a loving reasons I could find in the Bible as to why we should have church membership and actually a lot of these y'all hit already which are y'all always do whenever I ask these questions and there was actually one I wish I could remember now which one it was but there was one that I didn't get and I thought it was great and I think it was the one Sammy said <laughs> And I wish I could remember, and I was paying attention a little closer when you said it. But anyways, so let's get our Bibles out. We're going to be turning to quite a few passages today. First, we got these passages last week. I'm going to bring it up again today, though. Acts 2, 41 through 42. Who wants that? Acts 2, 
Sammy. Um, who wants Hebrews thirteen seventeen? One verse. Easy one. Jane. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. First, and then the next one's first Peter five, one through five. And keep your Bibles. When y'all turn to these, keep your Bibles in that spot because we might come back to them at another time. Who wants first Peter five, one through five? Oh, Deb. First Peter five, one through five. And then Carolyn, then you get first Thessalonians five, twelve through thirteen. Uh, somebody get Matthew eighteen, fifteen through eighteen. Mark. And then first Corinthians five, one through seven. Josh. Right, like I said, don't go away from those because we're probably going to come back to them later. So again, it's kind of the first reason you see that I think you should be a church member is that in the Bible you see that every Christian in the Bible was either a member of a church or sent out from a local church to be a missionary. In other words, not just from the Bible, we know from early Christian history that there was no such thing as a Christian who was also not a church member. In fact, a Christian who was not a church member, they just considered to be not a Christian. That's how closely. So they didn't believe church membership in the early church. They didn't believe church membership made you a Christian, but they believed it was so important that if somebody didn't want to go to church, they just assumed they were not a Christian. They just thought it was that important. And so what you see inside the Bible especially in this first one, is that even though the word church membership is never used in Scripture, the pattern of what constantly goes on is just if you are a Christian, you will be a member. And it's kind of shown not just as a pattern that's interesting, but as a pattern that's expected for all future Christians to follow too. And so um, you have Acts 2, 41 through 42. These are all passages we read last week. Um, Sammy. Uh, so then those who had received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles, teaching and fellowship, and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All right, very good. So in Acts 2, 41 through 42, it specifically says they had a list of believers somewhere, they had people get saved. The saved people were automatically added to the list of believers in the Jerusalem church. So that's the clearest example of where you actually had a church membership role of names of the number of people in the city who also were members of that local church. Um, and then you have passages that talk about how you have specific leaders you're supposed to follow and the leaders have specific church members they're supposed to take care of. And they're sphere of influence isn't over everybody it's just over the list of people they have at their church and that's hebrews 13 17. very good and then first peter 5 1 through 5 which is deb Not 
to be examples of his walk. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, because God resists the proud but gives grace to the Very good. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.12 says the same thing. 1 Thessalonians 5.12. But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction. All right. And then the last place you can see it in Scripture is that um, God gives the church the ability to decide who is a member and who isn't a member. And so the implication is that the church has the authority to decide who is and isn't a part of the church, there must be a list that you can either include people for or exclude people from it. Uh, because if you don't actually have a list, what are you telling people they can't do? If, you, if you're not some, then you can exclude them from. And that's Matthew 18, 15 through 18. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let it be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed. All right, in 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 7. Right. It is actually important that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant, ought you not rather mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in the body, I am present in spirit, and as at present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present, with the power of our Lord Jesus, all right. So the first reason you should be a member is it's biblical. You know, anybody who would argue church membership, if they say church membership is not in the Bible, you can say the word church membership is not in the Bible. But the idea of church membership is absolutely in the Bible. It's crucial, actually, to follow so many different things. And you see that over and over and over again. The second reason why you should be a member is that you, you can't be fully obedient as a Christian to God unless you're a member of a church. Because there are commands given to Christians that can only be followed if you're dealing with other church members. And so a Christian who doesn't have other church members can't be obedient to God in those commands. And I think that's partially, like Sammy was saying, how your relationship to God is improved in the church. I think that's one reason why. Because anytime you disobey God, your relationship to God is hindered. And since there's commands that are clearly given to us that can only be fulfilled if we're a member of a church, therefore, you're automatically hindering your relationship for God because we're automatically being disobedient to certain commands just by not being a member. You just can't do it. And so you got these examples here. Um, and I didn't list all these passages, but in a lot of places in the New Testament, because there's a ton, <laughs> there's a, a dozens, 
there's a lot of, you can just Google, they're called the one another passages. Look up how many times the words one another appeared in the New Testament epistles. And every time that word one another appears in the New Testament epistles, Paul or whoever their author is, is speaking to a local church. And he's telling the members of that local church to do something to the other members of the local church. So, there, so if you look it up, and like I said, there's dozens of them. Every single one of those one another commands, you can't do unless you're a member of a church. You're just being disobedient in them. And so that's why you need to be a member of a local church is because you're automatically going to be disobeying God if you can't do those commands. The third reason is that uh, membership is how you affirm to yourself that you are a Christian and once you are a member, it's how you help other people affirm they're a Christian. It goes a little bit, I think Jim was the one that said this. When you sign on as a Christian, as a church member, you are signing on to the doctrine and theology of that church. And you are saying, I am a Christian. This is what I believe. And this is where my stance is. And, there's a, and to be a church member, you have to be a Christian. And so when you become a church member, other people look at you and they say we affirm that you are a christian that you are a faithful christian and we want you to be among our group of other faithful christians so by becoming a member it's almost a matter of assurance that you because you can look at other people and be like hey they said i'm a christian so it helps me know that i really am and then it helps you with other people you know if other people are doubting their salvation you can be the one that helps them because you're a member of a church and you're inviting them to become a member of a church to help assure them their salvation. Again, it doesn't give you salvation. It's just the mutual benefit of having other people watch over you that affirms that in you. The fourth reason, uh, this goes along with Matthew 18 that Mark read, 1 Corinthians 5 that Josh read, where the church is given the authority to decide who is and isn't a member. And with that is the authority to remove people they don't think are really Christians. And so that helps you know whether you are or not. Next, and this was said, because church membership is a visible testimony to a world that's watching. That's what, um, uh, let's say, who said that? It does not matter. Somebody said that earlier, but being a church member... <laughs> Randy, I think Randy was the one that said that. Being a church member is a testimony to the people around you uh, because they're watching. 2 Corinthians 1, 1 through 2, and a lot of the other beginnings, they call the group saints. And saints literally means to be set apart from everybody else. So in church membership, what you do, since it can only be a Christian is it's a testimony to a lost world that not only is Christianity important and Christianity something worth committing to, but there's a real difference between being a Christian and not being a Christian. Because you can't join a church unless you're a Christian. And so ain't nobody can, not everybody can walk up from this church off the street and be like, I want to join Greensport. That's, that's not how it works. There's a real tangible difference between being a believer in Jesus and not. And church membership proves that. And as a demonstration to other people that it's important and it does make a difference. 
Our world needs to see that there is a line between being lost and being saved. Because a lot of people in our world don't believe there's a line there. They think anybody that's good enough goes to heaven. There's not a line in our world. And church membership itself is a line that says, yeah, there's a difference between being lost and being saved. All right, let's get you all a few more verses. Who wants Ephesians 4, 1 through 6? All right, Jan. And then um, let's do 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 through 22. Jan, I'm going to have to, uh, you're going to regret getting the Ephesians 4 because there's several from Ephesians 4. So I'm just going to call on you to do all the ones from chapter 4 of Ephesians as they come up. I read so well. <laughs> so <laughs> I should have told. Uh, but who wants First Thessalonians 5, 20 through 22? Uh, okay, Pam. We'll do Pam because Terrell got one earlier. Try to skip. Mm. Ephesians. Ephesians. Ephesians 4, yeah. And then last, last we'll get 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 14. Who wants that one? 1 Corinthians 12. Caroline, can you get that one? 1 Corinthians And we'll skip a few of them. Um, number five. Church, joining as a member is how you prove to people that Christians are unified under Christ. And that's the Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. If you can read Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 for us. Okay. A walk worthy of high position. Oh, that's the, the head over here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Study Bible confuses me. <laughs> As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a worthy. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were, when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all, and who is over all and through all and in all. Alright. So have you ever heard anybody say, Hey, we're all Christians? You know, we all we all believe the same thing, people that don't go to church. You know, we're we're all saved, we're all Christians. The answer is prove it. You prove it by joining a church. Because when you join a church, you're proving that the unity, the oneness, there's one body. There's one body that's the church. And you're proving that when you join a church membership. Um, roll through these. The next one. Um, somebody got it. Did somebody get First Thessalonians 5, 20 through 22? Yeah, Pam. Do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Is that the right one? Philip, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 20-22. Did I write down the wrong one? I wondered if that was... Maybe it's 2 Thessalonians. I might have wrote down the wrong one. Uh... 
is not a second Thessalonians. Should have known that. Uh, yeah, 20 and 21. What does your Bible say, Mel? Was it almost off? Do not despise prophetic utterances, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that yeah. which is good. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Uh, I just got I got thrown off by the prophetic utterance part. Um, so the next part, reason why you need to be a church member is church membership, as Josh said, puts a fence around you to help you have right doctrine, right belief, and right action. He actually says in First Thessalonians, it says, "But examine everything carefully and hold fast to what's good." That's a command given to the church. The church is responsible to carry on correct doctrine and behavior. As the centuries goes on, and you don't, you don't have that fence if you're outside of a church. In addition to that, and I didn't give you all these passages, but there's multiple passages that say that God has given the church leaders, and the job of the leaders is to do the same thing. It's to help find right doctrine and teach right doctrine and watch people to make sure that their behavior is in line with Christ. So... And this is the same way that Josh said. So when you're coming under a church, you're coming under the leaders where you have a church that's helping you stay right doctrinally and behaviorally. And you're coming under leaders that are trying to help you stay right doctrinally and behaviorally. And you get neither of those checks if you're not a member of a church. Um, and so it keeps you from drifting away without knowing it, both in what you believe and what you do. That is actually, to me, one of the biggest ones because my friends that grew up in church, that quit going to church in college, that is where they tended to fall in life. They quit going to church in college. They got off the deep end in some kind of weird belief or they got off the deep end in some kind of weird behavior, and it's because they weren't going to church in college to help them keep the right road. It sounds like it's not that important, but I know I've seen it in my life, and so I can bet y'all probably seen it in yours that the lack of church membership usually precipitates a fall from orthodoxy in the Christian life. Can I get testimony from somebody else? Y'all seen that before? Lived it. Lived it. Church membership precipitated a fall from orthodox Christian living. Yep. But church membership's not important, right? Yeah. Um, I argued that. Huh? I used to argue. You used to argue it. Um, number seven, church membership, fellowshipping together, they experience God in a way that, that you can't outside of Christ. Ephesians 5, 15 through 21, he says that we need to be filled with the Spirit. We get filled by the Spirit with speaking to one another with hymns, songs, and spiritual songs. You can't speak to one another with hymns, songs, and spiritual songs unless you're in a church where there's another around that you can do it with. That's how you get filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't get that if you're not a member of the church. That's number seven. Number eight, it helps leaders know who in the world they're going to be accountable to God for. We talked about that, Hebrews 13, 17, 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13, Acts 20, 28 through 21. God tells the leaders to guard the flock. He explicitly says, he tells elders, which would be the pastors and the deacons, and possibly even I would go down to say anybody who teaches the Bible, that... God is going to hold you accountable for the people under your care one day. Well, you don't want to be a leader and not know who God's going to hold you accountable for. 
Yeah, that would be an awful trick to get to heaven and be like, I don't know who that person was. I was supposed to be held accountable for that person. That would be horrible. So it helps the leaders know who in the world they're going to be accountable to God for uh, one day. Number nine, helps Christians use their spiritual gift. Janet, you're in Ephesians 4 still, right? Go, can you read 14 through 16? Fourteen through sixteen, a verse of chapter four. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of each teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into grow up into Him. Yes. So the body of Christ with every supporting joint and ligament, every individual piece doing its part grows together. You can't do that outside the body of Christ. First Corinthians twelve, seven through fourteen, I think it was Pam, right? I had first Thessalonians. First Corinthians. Yeah. Carolyn. First Corinthians chapter twelve, seven Yeah, read that one. Seven through one. Fourteen. So God gives every Christian at least one spiritual gift. And here's the key. The spiritual gifts are designed for you to use to help other people. No spiritual gift is for the benefit of the Christian who receives it. Every spiritual gift is for the benefit of the people you're around. And there's no possible way you can actually use your spiritual gift rightly unless you're as a part of a church where every single individual different spiritual gift works together like a beautiful machine to help each other out in ways they can't do on their own. So you can't use the spiritual gift God gave you unless you're a member. Number 10 is that God has given the church special people that aren't in any other organization to help grow you. I won't make Jan read this, but earlier in chapter 4, he says he gives the church the office of evangelist, of pastor, teacher, of apostle, and he says he gave them, these are not spiritual gifts, these are people who are called to do a specific task. And it says that task is to help the church grow in their ministry and do ministry themselves. 
So God has given the church individuals who are tasked with teaching and helping other individuals grow in their Christian life. You don't get these individuals outside the church. So if you're outside the church membership, you don't get the benefit of having those people to teach you and help you grow. And then finally, number 11, it helps individual members disciple one another and allows you to disciple somebody else. Um, I'll read, I'll do Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. Pages are sticking together. Take care, brethren, that there not be any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from God, but encourage one another day after day, as long as it's still called today. So that none of you will have a heart hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So he, here's another one of those one another passages. He says, We're instructed, every one of us, to encourage one another, to help us not having believe a heart, to help us grow as partakers of Christ. That's verse 14. Your job as a Christian is to disciple other Christians. You're, you're not given Christianity to be an island, you're given Christianity to help other Christians. And you can't be discipled, one, and you can't disciple others if you're pretending like your Christianity is an island. It just is impossible. So that's 11 reasons why church membership, rather than just a church attending, is not just a good idea. It's absolutely vital to not just being a Christian, but to actually doing what God told you to in the Bible. And why you can't, as Sammy say have that relationship to God outside of church membership like you thought you can. You really just can't. There's too much that's involved in church membership that you miss out on if you don't do it. So that means we fight for church membership. We fight for people to become members. We invite people who are attending constantly to keep and become members, not because we want to boost our numbers so we can boast at the St. Clair Association on how we've grown, but because it's vital for their health as an individual Christian that they do more than just attend on Sundays, that they actually become a part of this family. Any comments or questions before we close? We're a little bit past time. But. How do we discipline one another? We don't do a very good job. No, we don't. <laughs> we do a terrible job. Yeah. That's a part of next week's lesson. Oh, okay. Let me pray. Uh, we'll close out. Good teaser, yeah. Uh, dear God, thank you for allowing us to be here today, and thank you for allowing us to be a member of a church, to have this family, Lord, to have all the blessings that you've given us, um, and to know that we need each other too. And Lord, we're thankful that you died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, and Lord, that you died on the cross also to create your church. And Lord, I pray that we not only be the church members you called us to be, but, Lord, that we value our church membership, Lord, and we try to help others see the value in it as well. We love you and thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.